Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Annihilation in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. The newest film from Alex Garland, who wrote and directed Ex Machina a couple of years ago, is out, uh, starring a whole swath of people, including Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, Tuva Novotny, Oscar Isaac, Benedict Wong, Sonoya Mizuno, uh, and others. General synopsis, uh, you know, it's... I didn't really watch any of the trailers for it, so I don't really know what they give away, what they don't, but it essentially revolves around a team of female scientists of varying fields uh, and and affinities who venture into an unknown um, zone, mysterious zone known as the Shimmer. And uh, it chronicles what happens to them when they're inside and and what their motivations are and what they're trying to discover and and learn about this new, interesting, and and crazy environment. Uh, It is based on a book uh, that I haven't read, but from what I'm to understand, it deviates quite significantly from the book. Um, In the book, you don't really even learn the characters' names. They're simply referred to as their profession. Uh, the term The Shimmer is never used in the book or books. It's a trilogy, so it's never used as far as I'm aware. Uh, and and in the movies, it's kind of a secret thing. You know, no, the outside world isn't really aware of this, this zone they're going into. And in the books, I believe it is something that is somewhat well-known, widely known. So a couple big distinctions between the book and the movies. I'm sure there are many others. I, I don't have a full list in front of me or anything like that those are just the ones i can remember and uh it it it's also just it's a sci-fi movie a sci-fi horror thriller adventure mystery movie uh with action with with a lot of different elements to it and it's helmed by women um and it is pretty good it's pretty good. I really enjoyed this movie. It, uh, you know, if you want to compare it against Ex Machina, I think Ex Machina is a significant step better. Um, if you want to compare it to, Anil- uh, to, to Arrival, I think Arrival's a lot better too. But that doesn't take much away from Annihilation. I think it's a very good movie. I think it's very thought-provoking. It, it, it really presents a very curious and mysterious world to explore and inhabit and learn and the premise behind the 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 um the the characterization and um identity of of this zone this the shimmer itself is fascinating and a little open ended uh, for me, it might, it's just a touch open-ended, um, and, and I'll get kind of get into that in spoilers, but 
even still, I, I really enjoyed just thinking about it and talking about it. You know, I had a fantastic discussion about the film with my girlfriend on the way back to the, from the movie, and and even after we got home and we're put, we were putting off going to sleep. It it really was something that sticks with you, and and you think about it, and even now I'm like, you know, I I I don't know if there will be a sequel. I'm guessing not. It doesn't seem to be making a ton of money. I wish there was. <laughs> I would love to see more and see what really happens after the end because it doesn't really satisfy everything. It doesn't tie up all the loose ends. It does give you a potential sequel in the making. Uh, but even beyond that, like even just looking at the very basic technical aspects, all the performances are very good. All the main women are fantastic. Um, I think the screenplay is pretty solid, too. Uh, a lot of the dialogue is very crisp and natural-sounding, um, despite the fact that we're you're like inhabiting a, a type of location, a type of area that is, doesn't exist and never has and per per presumably never will. You have beautiful, beautiful imagery and, and shots. Um, the, the, the plant life is is gorgeous and you'll understand what i mean if you've seen it and if you go see it and the the special effects aren't quite on par with um ex machinas uh, you know alicia vikander as a as a as an android as a as an artificial intelligence she is incredibly well realized in ex machina i think there's some really good visual effects in annihilation um, but it's the cinematography, I think, is what really hammers home this movie. There is one shot of Natalie Portman on the beach, and you have the sea behind her, this open expanse around her, and the sea is reflecting um, these beautiful lights, and it, it's absolutely such a gorgeous shot. It, it's really incredible. And that's just like... The big, the my favorite shot of the movie. There's so many beautiful images and, and picturesque mo moments that happen. I, I really couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. I can't, I can't uh, flatter that aspect of the, the cinematography enough. You know, um, Rob Hardy did the cinematography. Uh, who did he did the cinematography for Ex Machina? Uh, a couple other films that I've seen, but but nothing really that substantial nothing that i think anyone would really recognize offhand so uh, i hope he gets more work because i he think he did a fantastic job in annihilation um uh the story uh which i'll get into more in in spoilers i like i i think there are some character elements that don't quite aren't quite expounded upon enough as far as giving us motivation and 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 allowing us to connect with what's happening and, and how what ends up happening to many of the characters. And it's also kind of, uh, I don't know, it, 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 there's this flashback element and I th find it, potentially like it could potentially work under the right circumstances and i've read uh, explanations for that that are sort of uh, i don't know hand wavy so I, I don't fully buy it i don't think that's necessary um because i think the presumed 
impact that the flashbacks have on the actual storyline aren't concrete. Like, they don't really manifest any way at all. Uh, There's a lot of just leaps taken by this movie, uh, narratively, plot-wise, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is... It does occur, and it is kind of frustrating at times. Uh, I think a lot of them are somewhat easy to kind of fill in the holes for, but many of them are also tough to navigate your na- uh, your 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 way around. So I have some problems with that, but I. Not all of them, not all. There are definitely some that I, I like that we were given a little more leeway with, but others really pu- confused me as to why we even bothered to touch on some of the issues and, and, and ultimately have them not pay off. So it's not perfect. I, there's some problems with the movie. Uh, I gave it on Letterboxd, I gave it three and a half stars. Uh, that translates into a 76 on my spreadsheet. Uh, which is quite good, um, good enough to be one of the better movies of the year, and I mean it's only February, but of the year, and it'll it'll be at the toward the top of the list. I'd I'd assume until at least summer, uh, given past trends. I think I think that's safe to say. So I, I am definitely looking forward to seeing it again. I I don't know if it'll be in the movie theater the second time I see it, but I, I do. I am interested in watching this a second time because I think there's a lot of stuff I missed. Uh, a lot of different... There's definitely a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of just tiny minutiae that you really don't notice. You know, I, my girlfriend and I, the whole time watching the movie, are like pointing things out to each other like, oh my gosh, did you see that? Uh, that's the same thing as the other thing. And then, you know, then I was like, oh no, it came up there and it wasn't there before. And all this sort of stuff. And that was... That's cool, and like being able to go watch it a second time, like I definitely would have much better eyes to notice those sorts of things. So that will be exciting and interesting. Um, but it's tough to talk about this movie without going to spoilers, uh, much more than what I've already said. So I'll just say I think you should go check it out. Uh, it's it's fun, it's it's thought provoking, and it features some fantastic looking imagery, some fa- truly creative um, effects and and moments, as well as some great performances from our leading ladies. So I would check it out in theaters, if you could. I, I don't know. If sci-fi is your thing, this is definitely sci-fi. Hard sci-fi. So that's pretty much it for the non-spoiler review, and uh, let's get into spoilers. Any path, so many worth exploring Just one would be so boring And look what you're ignoring So, spoilers. Okay. Uh, (laughs) The refraction element of this film is phenomenal. I love that aspect because you can kind of use it as an explanation for anything. Uh, you know, they, they wake up when they first enter the Shimmer, and it seems like multiple days have passed, uh, based on how much has been eaten, and, you know, when this zone, the Shimmer, refracts everything, so it refracts your nature, it refracts 
genetics, it refracts light and time, sonar, sonic waves, uh, you know, every single possible thing you can think of can be turned on its head with that explanation. You really can hand wave anything you want to fit into, oh, it's just refracting X. And I think that that's great. I, I like that aspect of things. But at some point, it reaches a level where you go get to the point of like, okay, well, if, if this place, if this thing is refracting uh, time, why isn't it always refracting time? How do those fluctuations happen? Why, in some instances, do we see them lose just whole days out of the blue? And why, in other instances, does it seem like they get to spend days at a time with no interference? How does that compute? Why And why is it that they all experience it at the same time? Does that indicate that it's not relative, and so everything in that entire zone experiences the dilation and, and refraction of time equally and identically? Uh, it would seem to be. But what does that translate into? How does that affect, you know, because like we, we interact with a bear and uh, a crocodile at points throughout the film. Do they experience the same time refraction? If so, what is stopping them? those kinds of creatures? Because presumably there will be more of them than just the two that we, we see. Why aren't there more of them? Why don't they during these periods of, of just sort of people acting on their baser instincts, why aren't these animals attacking them as they are later on? Wh I don't know. I, I feel like the explanation is great because it does kind of let you get away with almost anything. But at the same time, it just it does create a couple of problems that I think leave more questions than answers and not in a good way. So I don't know. I am still very, very fascinated by this idea of refracting everything down to your genetic code, but I think that that does cause problems. However, the the results of the genetic refraction are incredible. So from the first moment that we kind of realize what's, or not, we don't realize what's happening, but we get the uh, inkling of what's happening is when Portman discovers that all these flowers that look different are actually growing from the same vine, which would indicate that they're all the same species, which also doesn't make sense, because how could it? Then they're attacked by the crocodile, which is also like part shark. Um, and, you know, we, we slowly watch as they really unravel the plot, and all these flower floral formations are just gorgeous to look at. Um, especially the one that's overgrown a body and grown into and through and along with a body. You get to see uh, Tessa Thompson become one with nature, literally. You see uh, this, the bear thing is freaking scary. Uh, it's terrifying. The scene with the bear in their, in their, when they're all tied to the chairs is absolutely horrific. It's one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen. Because uh, when the bear opens its mouth, and it doesn't growl, but it screams Tuva Novotny's voice. Oh man, that is chilling. 
So it's ooh, oh man, that is that is some scary stuff. Uh, and then you know I mentioned the beach scene with Natalie Portman. That's gorgeous. Like the ritualistic alignment of the bones. Like I don't understand that. I don't know why they're set up that way, but I, I guess I don't need to. Uh, and then the hole in the lighthouse is trippy. Some of those scenes, some of those uh, moments weren't perfectly well crafted with like the green screen and visual effects, but uh, a lot of, m many of them were. The, the, the seams weren't always easy to pry apart. Uh, you know, just Nally Portman's blood getting sucked into that vortex was crazy. The eye coverings over Jennifer Jason Lee's face and then the interpretive dance that she does with her mirror self, like all that is really fascinating and amazing and cool and interesting. And, and that's not even touching on the entire plot revolving around Portman and Isaac who are married and the whole mystery behind what happened to him and why he turns up without any clue as to what really is going on in his head because who knows? It's all refracted because he's a copy of himself. Or is he? I don't know. I've read theories that say he's the real one that's been refracted. I don't think that's true. I think he's the copy. But if, but that in, in, in and of itself creates a whole another host of problems. So the ending of the film, Portman makes it to the lighthouse. She finds Jennifer Jason Lee, who had the strongest desire to get to the lighthouse ends up being the first one there of their party. And we know that she's dying. She has cancer and I think it's cancer, but she's dying. And so she just kind of gives herself into this thing, this alien life form. And then Natalie Portman has blood taken from her and sucked into this vortex, which tur in turn creates a mirror self image um, it's like a polymorph that reflects her own movements, and she goes. She undergoes this interpretive dance as the thing learns to move like her, learns to act like her. Then she tries to attack it, and it attacks her, uh, winning. She tries to run, and it prevents her from escaping. And then, finally, <clears throat> she slowly moves over to pick up a grenade which she hands to herself and her she hands to her reflection and her reflection takes it <clears throat> and then Portman dives out of the way and the, uh, the reflection explodes and uh, catches fire and in turn burns down the whole lighthouse and sets the entire alien life form on fire. Now, that's cool. I like that. I think that's fantastic. I like that ending. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Which, maybe that's a paradox, but a whole lot of the things in this movie feel like a paradox. So, we see that Oscar Isaac got to the lighthouse before any of our main characters. We watch video of him blow himself up, kill himself, at which point his copy walks in front of the camera. This is all videotaped. Walks in front of the camera, uh, which and he's dressed in different clothes, his hair is slicked back, it's not unkempt unkept and that's the version that we see in the beginning of the movie that's you know it's not really him it's this copy of him presumably so whoever makes it to the lighthouse whoever gets close enough to the core of this alien form is being copied 
Only there, though. I don't know why they couldn't be copied anywhere else, but okay. I'll accept that. So Jennifer Jason Lee gets there, and now we don't get to see her arrive, and we're not sure how much time has passed between when she gets there and when Natalie Portman gets there, because with time refraction, could be two days, could be a week, who knows. So... Based on the fact that her eyes are still covered up, and we later see that in the fake Natalie Portman, I assume that this version is a fake uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. We don't see the real one at the lighthouse. This is a fake one who's incorporated and, and been imbued with her memories, her thoughts, her feelings, etc., and brings forth her utmost desires. That's they're being refracted and, and exposed to the world. And then she disappears, and we're confronted with this vortex. So now the vortex, and now this alien thing is going to copy Natalie Portman. Okay. Um, fine. And it tries to do that, and then Natalie Portman kills the copy. So, my questions are, and I tried, I've tried to reason this out. So the first, so we know that it's copied three people. Oscar Isaac, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Natalie Portman. The Oscar Isaac copy let the original die. Didn't seem like it forced them to do it. Just let it happen. Then escapes the Shimmer. The first creature being to ever escape the Shimmer that we're aware of is this Oscar Isaac clone. Finds Natalie Portman, which doesn't make sense because I feel like they would have every single border of the Shimmer guarded or watched at all times outside of it. So I don't know how that happened, but okay. Escapes, finds Natalie Portman, but only finds Natalie Portman because the original Oscar Isaac told Copy Isaac to do so. Okay, I, fo I follow that logic. I follow those steps. Natalie, uh, the Jennifer Jason Leigh clone doesn't do that. Um, so the Jennifer Jason Leigh character wants to find the truth she's been watching people go into the shimmer for years now doesn't really know what's in there herself because no one's come back out and so all she wants to know is what the truth is she finds out the truth and she gives in and she sacrifices herself that's all she needed to do because she was dying anyway okay i guess i get that um if that's how this is being orchestrated it's all about the resolve it's all about the willpower of the individual it's all about what the individual wants so then Portman gets there, watches the videotape, sees what happens to Oscar Isaac, finds Nat, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. She's gone. Then there's a copy made of Portman. And what doesn't make sense is it's not a perfect copy. Okay, if you watch that scene, you notice, you tell, you can tell, like when she attacks the clone, the clone doesn't mimic her movements precisely, otherwise that fight would be a draw no the clone outmaneuvers her and then when she tries to run away the clone again outmaneuvers her uh, the clone purposefully falls down to the ground in the exact same position that Natalie Portman does and then you watch them go both get up and it's slightly the same it's not exactly the same Natalie Portman pushes down on the ground with her palm down, whereas the clone uses the back of their, the side of their hand, the back of their hand to push themselves up. It's not identical. So why? Why isn't it identical? I, that, I, I don't know. And, and then after having twice rendered a real Natalie Portman um, 
having, you know, left her, uh, uh, you know, um, outmaneuvered her when she attacked it, and outmaneuvered her when she tried to escape, when she goes to pick up the bomb, it just lets her give it the bomb. Does it not know? Doesn't it have, didn't it, doesn't it remember what happened to Oscar Isaac when he had the grenade? Obviously, they're different grenades, but it's still, like, it looks similar. I don't know why it lets itself take the grenade. That doesn't seem to make sense to me. But fine. Um, it burns. Everything burns. Everything that was part of that alien life form burns down. The, uh, the, the lighthouse, the crystal structure, the glass structures on the beach, the forest, the flowers, all of that stuff burns. But Oscar Isaac doesn't. So is he not a copy? Or is it the fact that he's outside of the Shimmer's range that means that he didn't burn down? I don't know. That's kind of left unanswered. And then, with all those bones and bodies that are outside of the lighthouse, how many other people made it to the lighthouse? Because it can't have been expanding that fast. So they say in the movie it's been three years, give or take. And they say that it'll take them about three months for the Shimmer to reach where they're at watching it. Or so. I think it's three months. Was it three months? Six months? If they're a mile away from it there, which feels like they're not, but let's say they're a mile away from the Shimmer. In six months, the Shimmer will have reached their facility. So it, in, in six months, it moves, it expands by a mile in radius. So it expands two miles in diameter in six months. So in three years, it expanded six miles. Did I do that right? No, no, no. In three years, it expands 12 miles from its source. That's that's how the math works. Based on what the movie told me, that's the math. So at the present time, when Portman goes into the Shimmer, it is approximately 12 miles in diameter. So that means that from the any point around the shimmer of entry, it should take. There should be a six-mile straight line to the lighthouse, assuming you're walking in a straight line, which presumably they weren't. Uh, if it takes them, which accordingly it took them like months to get to the lighthouse, clearly they lost a ton of time because it didn't feel like a month based on what was really happening. It felt like it took them about a week, which is about. Depending, like, depending on, like, they got attacked by the crocodile, they got attacked by the bear, they had to, I don't know, it feels like it should take them far less than a week to get to the lighthouse if it's only six miles away. But, that's after three years. I don't know how long they've been sending people into this thing, but if they sent them in a year after it started, then there was only, like, a two-mile, like, it was only four miles in diameter. It should have taken everyone who went in earlier less time. And if Oscar Isaac went in a year before Portman did, that means that there was only an eight-mile diameter of the of the Shimmer's zone and field. And so it was only four miles to get to the lighthouse from wherever they entered the Shimmer. A lot of a lot of numbers, I you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it's I feel like you can understand that. If if you can't, I, I apologize. But so if we say that all those bones and bodies and skeletons that are on the beach are people who made it to the lighthouse before? Why were they killed and left there? Why wasn't 
Oscar Isaac's skeleton left there, if that's the case, which mean, it tells me that it's not the case, that that's not what happened. So then who are those bodies? What are those skeletons doing? What happened to all these other people that made it to the lighthouse? Because I got to imagine others did, but none of them came out of the shimmer except for Oscar Isaac. And the only reason that I can see that he made it out is because the real Oscar Isaac told fake Oscar Isaac to go find Natalie Portman. I don't know what that means. I don't know why that matters. And the explanation that the movie gives us is that the shimmer refracts your innermost self. This is why Tessa Thompson gives herself in to be one with nature. This is why Gina Rodriguez becomes so paranoid and insane. This is why Jennifer Jason Lee dies uh, as she discovers the mystery that she's, that has been haunting her for years now. And if that is the case, then we also have to reconcile with what we're being told through flashbacks from Natalie Portman. So we get these few flashbacks of this black professor that works with Portman at, college, at the college she teaches at, who she's been cheating on Oscar Isaac with, seems to only be happening since he left uh, to go into the Shimmer, which she didn't know he was doing, but during that period of time, which was about a year, they were cheating. Uh, he was married too, so they were cheating on their spouses. And she tells him in the final flashback that she thinks Oscar Isaac knows. Or, well, she tells him she knows he knows. And that seems like not true. The problem with that angle of the movie is that I don't think that if he knew about the affair, he would send himself to find Natalie Portman. I don't know why he was that driven to that end. I don't, that doesn't connect for me. Uh, and it, it just, it just doesn't seem to fit. We don't get enough information about what is driving these, these characters, particularly Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman, to make it to this lighthouse and to get out of the lighthouse. Because Natalie Portman knows that it's fake Oscar Isaac at the end of the movie when she embraces him, but she's also been changed by the Shimmer too, so she's not really all put together as she used to be either. But it makes them also appear to be equals, and I don't think that's the case, because he's just pure alien and she's really herself just refracted so but i don't know maybe those are just the same thing i don't know there's so many, a lot of unanswered questions uh i don't know i like this i like being able to get into these kinds of things with this movie i'm excited to listen to other people talk about this movie i haven't really done that yet uh, but I know I have a couple of podcast episodes about Annihilation to be listened to. Um, and I'm sure there are plenty of things I'm not talking about that I've already talked about that I, I'm not really remembering precisely at this moment. Uh, but it's it's just, it's so cool. I just think it's really cool. The refraction element, the the mirror imagery, uh, the the one with nature, the the genetic splicing, the the cellular division, and all that stuff. I think that's really interesting. It's really fascinating. 
because um, there's a scene with deer. The only other animal, so we see three animals, if I remember correctly, in the movie once they enter the ship. We see the crocodile that's got shark teeth. We see the bear that uses, uh, what's her name? Um, what's her name? Uh, Tuva Novotny's voice. And then we see we see a deer with like skeleton antlers or, or like tree antlers. And then it multiplies, right? I think. I didn't get a great look at what happened there. I think what happened was it like divided and like like a cell it divided into two of itself which is just freaky but awesome and so interesting it reminded me of one of the first episodes of the 100 which also featured uh which also featured like a deer-like creature that was really strange but all that said it's it's interesting that like, I feel like there's so much more potential to go with this narrative, and that it really makes me want to read the book, but if the book isn't precisely like the movie, then I might not enjoy it as much. It might not pose as much of a query, uh, but maybe it does. Maybe it's, it does it even better. It might, maybe, I don't know. But I do really wish that we could get a sequel to this movie. I think that would, one, have give us the opportunity to really like dive deeper into what these things are, what this alien life form was, what its goals are, what it needs to do, why the eyes of Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac have that refracted light in them, and like not like why is it just in the eyes? I don't know. Uh, but it would give Garland like more time to play in this universe, and I think there's so much more interesting things to be done here, and it's a shame that it it would be a shame to kind of just throw that all away and Natalie Portman is great as this character I loved her in this she's fantastic and yeah I had a great time with this movie I really recommend it I think you should go see it if you haven't but if you haven't you probably aren't still listening so Annihilation it's fantastic it's not fantastic it's really good it's really good and I do want to see it again so that's it for today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I uh, appreciate it. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or you can get in touch with me on Twitter, at circleoffilm, or you can go to the website, circleoffilm.com, check out the 2018 Circle of Film Awards, where you will see a couple of Annihilation nominations right now. And you can also go to patreon.com slash circle film if you would like to support me or the show thank you so much and as always have a week so long farewell i'll be the same